Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Previously, on the Old Ways Podcast. Many people have told us the Juju House is not a safe place, so perhaps a group of us is a good idea. But the lady here was asking for something no one else has, something rare, and so I provided. We are in the right place. We're here for answers, and you have answers. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we have returned for another session, which finds our investigators in a bit of a pickle. Uh, And that pickle specifically has to do with a place called the Juju House in New York City. It seems during their uh, slight investigation, they may have uncovered something uh, rather unsatisfying taking place there, perhaps a bit foul. And after some hijinks and a bit of an upturned shelf, they are now facing uh, several men breaking into the front door and preparing for things to get ugly. Uh, So introductions are in order. For you to meet the investigating crew we'll be using tonight. So to my right, virtually. Uh, yes, it's uh, Lonnie once again playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, who is not paying attention to the man or the woman behind the curtain. No, you're, you're fairly busy, I assume. And I am fairly certain I'm not going in that behind that curtain either because I really, really like my sanity right where it is. See, folks, Mr. Forsyth is playing the long game, but it won't work. Virtually to his right. This is Morgan playing Lillian Lane, hoping to not get shot this game. Mm, that's always a good thing. Uh, at the far end of the virtual table. This is Jake playing Jack Doyle. And I don't make it a, a general habit to abuse elderly people, but I make exceptions for nut jobs. It's always important to have a lifetime, which is filled with occasional exceptions like this one. To Jack's right. This is James, and I will be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach, who is just reeling from what he found in the back room. And uh, uh... A bit of an upset stomach, maybe, at uh, seeing a mummified human tongue on top of a mask. Uh, and then uh, last, but most certainly not least. Tiffany, I am playing Maeve O'Shea, and um, yeah, discovered the same thing as the doctor. Fun times. But that's what she was going for. She wants the sanity loss, folks. Don't let her lie to you. So when last we left, as I mentioned before, there were some men breaking in the front door. They've broken down that front door now to the Juju house, the one the uh, aforementioned doctor managed to, to lock. And one of the men has now burst through the door. And with a, a somewhat disturbing look across his face, He scans the shop, and in his right hand, he's wielding a very familiar-looking blade, as is the man coming through the door behind him. Uh, We're going to go ahead and, for the purposes of what we did last time, keep most of our um, uh, initiative orders in the same fashion for everybody, Uh, with one very clear exception, and that is that Mr. Doyle, you have a pistol out, yes? Yes. Given the fact that you were told that someone was going to break through the front door, would you have done anything different with that pistol? Yeah, I'd probably uh, withdraw it from uh, this old man's mouth <laughs> and point it at the door. All right, and then Mr. Forsyth, uh, I assume you'd be doing the same? Yeah, I- I'm already aiming at the door. <laughs> okay, very good. So... Because you have a pistol aimed, that is going to increase your part in the initiative location by 50. And so the both of you will go straight to the top because you have a pistol ready and aimed. So my question to the two of you is, as these uh, men begin 
they they busted down the door now. One is one seems to be heading towards Mr. Forsythe, and the other seems to be making his way deeper into the shop. He he looks like he's making a beeline for the shop owner. He sees the gun, right? Oh yeah. They and he do. doesn't care, he's still advancing? Yep. I shoot him. <laughs> okay. You pull the trigger. He makes the decision for you. That's what you tell yourself. Yes. That's a miss. Okay, so the gun fires. Yeah, I can't push combat rolls. That's right. No, you cannot, sir. Uh, the shot goes over his shoulder, and it shatters the glass on the front door. Mr. Doyle. I am going to go with quantity over quality. I'm firing three okay. shots. You're literally a Danny DeVito meme. You just start blasting. I just start blasting. Now the first roll you make even up, and then the second and third roll are at disadvantage because you're firing multiple bullets. Nine. A nine is not great for him. That's an extreme, which means uh, because it's a pistol, it's an automatic impale. So what is the damage for your firearm, sir? A 10 plus 2. You want me to roll it? I do. Uh, you're going to end up rolling it twice because it's an impale. So Nine seven. That would be sixteen damage. You drop the first one immediately. Now the first one that comes towards you, he gets a couple of bullets in him. Or actually, sorry, he gets one bullet in him because that's just the first one, uh, and he drops like a rock. Now your second shot, you are at disadvantage at this point, so just keep that in mind. So you'll roll twice. Well, okay. eight it misses. Yeah, the guy that's behind him gets shot at, but uh, again missed. He seems to be. Rather charmed. And then you can roll. And then, and then misses too. So, yeah, yeah, but no miss. malfunction. Okay. And the gunfire begins. Very good. Miss Lane, <laughs> on 90. Um, you are hunkered down uh, uh, after having tried to persuade Jack not to let this get out of hand. And then you literally watch Jack let it get all out of hand. Um, <laughs> Cheers. The the front door, <laughs> the front door comes shattering down, or sh- actually not shattering down. It comes swinging open because uh, they've broken the lock open. Uh, a couple of men come in, crazed, frantic looks on their eyes, and you see long, curved, bladed weapons in their hand. And it's at that point that Mister Forsyth fires from his uh, spot in the alcove, and then Jack fires uh, from his spot next to you, and you see the first man. Uh, take a bullet directly in the throat. Blood pours out uh, as he collapses down on the floor. Soft and sickly gurgle noises uh, happen as the last bits of air kind of fall out from his lungs. And luckily for you, it happens literally right in front of you. Fantastic. So let me ask you one last question. Has Miss Lane ever seen someone die? No. Why don't you make a sanity roll? Darn it. was going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. So it's just like any other skill roll. I'm just going to make the roll and try to get under. And I got under. I currently have a 50 insanity and I rolled a 27. Yeah, so 27. Very good. So your first reaction is to cover your eyes. And one of the things that's a bit arresting about the situation is as you cover your eyes from the the gruesome violence that's taken place in front of you, you realize that you realize the, that there's a a fluid between your fingers and your the skin on your face and forehead, uh, and you realize that this fluid is someone else's blood as the uh, the spatter has uh, gotten to you. You don't take any sanity loss, but you do have a few images that you live the rest of your life with. Uh, it's your action. I'd um, like to try to make it to the back room. That's fair. Um, so let's look at your journal and look to see what Miss Lane's movement is. That movement range nine, so she can get up and go. Jack, she passes behind you and then back beyond the counter and into the back room. Um, I'm going to make a soliloquy, if I may. Bring that shotgun. No, but I brought my axe as I'm running to the back room. Okay. Yeah, you're you're definitely probably not prepared to do a 
hand-to-hand <laughs> melee combat. Uh, no, I or... need a little training. Right. So that was Miss Lane, and then I guess we'll go to Miss O'Shea after that. Miss O'Shea, Lillian comes in, rips aside the curtain, and she kind of thunders into the, the back room, and you see that the, the front of her face and neck are kind of lightly spattered with blood. Awesome. What I am going to do is I'm going to grab the mask and put it in my bag and then even more frantically look for more ritual objects. Like move the rug, see if there's an engraving on the ground. I yell, look under the bed. Yeah, I'm just going to start like crawling around looking for more stuff. Okay, doctor, you're going to act literally just uh, a few, in a few moments. Is that something you want to help her with, or do you have something else in mind? That sounds like a fantastic thing to help her with. Uh, I'm going to help her because I am not particularly useful in the combat setting right at this moment. So, Okay. All right. You begin moving around the back room, looking under things, and Miss O'Shea, you collect this disgusting mask. Is there something to wrap it in? Well, there's the black cloth that Jack pulled off of it. Okay, I'll do that. Wrap it in that before I throw it in my bag, because, ew. While you do that, uh, Miss Lane, would you make me a spot hidden roll? Sure. <laughs> I really don't want to see the mask. Like, No, really. you don't. <laughs> I am, but unfortunately, you might not have a choice. Nobody wants to see the mask. Uh, my spot hidden is 88, and I got a 75. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing about a high spot hidden. <laughs> you see Miss O'Shea go to the corner, and then she looks at this item on this wooden pestle. And you see this beautiful, but yet horrific, carved wooden African mask with a, some sort of a, almost fingertip-like lines of, of rust and brown-colored paint on the front of it. And on top of it, there's a, a, an assemblage of fabric. And then on top of that, there appears to be some sort of tube or muscle. For a moment, you, your eyes can barely make it out. But when she hoists it from the holder and then grabs this black fabric off the floor, you realize that as she swings it around to cover it up, just the, the end of this tube comes loose. And as it falls into the fabric, you realize that the end of it is a pointed human tongue. I dry heave a little bit. And now you're real sanity. <laughs> Dang it. So yeah, it's just a, another D100 roll, and you got to get under 50. Uh, yep, oh, I got nice. a 7. So yeah, that's a 7. So uh, you don't lose any direct sanity having, having seen it, but between the blood on your face and whatever she has in that fabric now, uh, this has not been your normal Tuesday. No, there, there's dry heaving. <laughs> So I would like to give Miss O'Shea and uh, the doctor a spot hidden roll, if I could. Um, okay. They're going to get a chance to search just during their round to see if they see anything. I would say a six is a success. I would, too. I can't roll under squat tonight. Uh, my spot hidden is 68. Yep, I see that. So that appears to be a, a fairly good success for you. You didn't have a ton of time to look at this location before all hell broke loose in the front. Uh, but what you are certain of with your spot hidden is you kind of move the blankets aside after collecting the head, and then you help you help the doctor pull up the rug after you both look under the bed. And there doesn't seem to be anything under the bed here, and there doesn't seem to be anything under the rug, per se, in this room. But... There's something about this building that doesn't make any sense to you. Something about the way, because they have so much stuff up front, and because this appears to be, anyway, the only other living space connected to it, there just doesn't seem to be enough room to house everything that they have. Right. So is there, like, another hidden doorway? Like, can I see something in the walls? Or it's, you said there was an abandoned pawn shop next door, right? I did. That's true. That's very true. 
you do know that there is an abandoned pawn shop next door. Okay. Do I see anything on the walls though? Like any, or the floorboards, like any loose floorboards, any. In this back room area, you do not see any loose panels on the floor. At least that would make it out specifically. Okay. Um, we'll come back to that though. Cause we have lots of things going on up front. The shopkeeper stands back up because he's had a chance now to actually stand up. He is running for the front door. And he's got a, a robe around him. It's almost, it's almost like a house coat. And he uses his cane to muscle his way around uh, the dead body on the floor. And he continues to move towards the front door. And over his shoulder, he screams, Kill them. Don't let them leave here alive. He gets just out of the door. And then the other guys go. So, Mr. Forsythe, the man you shot at and missed, and the one that uh, Jack, the one you shot at and missed, is going to test his luck and engage Mr. Forsythe in melee combat. This will go well for him. Now, Mr. Forsythe, you have the ability to either fight back or to dodge. Fight back. Okay. So it's an opposed roll at that point. You can fight back. Yep. Rolling the dice. Hmm. That appears to be a 61, sir. Hmm. That's unfortunate because my brawl is only a 55. You awkwardly make a move, and he dips under your guard and stabs into your belly with his knife, and you take a point of damage. A point? Okay. A single point of damage. The other man who's in the back steps in, and he hoists a revolver at you, Jack, and he pulls the trigger. Dodge. Yep, I'd assume. The uh, shot for you goes wide uh, over your right shoulder, but uh, it gets close to clipping your hat. Uh, and then we'll go back to the top of the round. So that would be Mr. Forsyth first, and then Jack. Brass knuckles and punch. Roll it up. <sighs> you, you punch out with the brass knuckles. You knock a bunch of stuff off of one of the shelves, but he definitely gets out of the way. Mr. Doyle? I will shoot another three shots at the guy who just shot at me. Okay. Again, we're just blasting. Just firing away. That's 70 under 75, my first shot. Okay, roll damage. B. Wow, that's terrible. Okay. It's terrible. <laughs> Minimal damage is great. That's 45 under 75 for my second shot. Before you um, confirm that second shot, Keep in mind that that second shot comes at disadvantage. I'm sorry. I know I, um, I hit the wrong button, so I missed the second shot. That's okay. Well, we got worked out. And I dead on my uh, third shot. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Roll damage on the third shot. Oof. And, oh That's boy. better. That's a nail driver. So you wing him with the first bullet and then miss with the second, and then tattoo him with the third one. And he falls back into the case and a bunch of ivory and uh, African wood carved animals fall on top of him. And so that would fall to uh, Miss Lane. Well, since I'm still standing in the doorway to the back room, I'd like to move further into the back room and go to the left. Hang on. Oh, sorry. What is to the right? I'd like to go to the right. Is there a door or anything over there? Uh, over here where, like, further right? Yeah, further right. I can't tell what that is. It's a fireplace, I think. It is, a, it is a, it is a, uh, that there is, is not a fireplace. It's a small clothing rack. Almost as if this is where a ceremonial garb might be kept. Um, but it's obviously it's empty at this point. Okay. I will stay there and behind the wall there where I may not get shot. Stay there where no one is shooting at you. Very good. I think that's an excellent idea. 
Yes. That will go to Miss O'Shea. Yes. I am going to, I guess, hmm. There's, you said there's no windows or anything, right? Um, there are windows here, but they're very small. So they're no more than, okay. you know, maybe a foot or so. They're small, thick glass block windows. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to keep looking out the curtain to wait for the thugs to get out of the doorway so I can follow the old man. Very good. Give me a spot hidden roll. There we go. Woo! Whoa. Very nice. That was worth waiting for. Right? It's all we're waiting for is something worth waiting for. You, as the bullets fly back and forth, you peel the curtain back just a little bit to see what's going on in the front room, and you, you're staying crouched there with the, the satchel there, uh, the important items that are under your arm, and you notice that there is something on the ground. Um, it appears, anyway, that there is something under this rug. You see a seam in the floor, the floorboards. Can I pull it up? Can I get my fingers in there and pry it up? You'd have to pull back the rug. Oh, well, yeah, I'll yank the rug. Okay, you yank the rug a little bit, and then what you see under there is rather surprising. Uh, you see what appears to be a false floor. There's something down there. There's some sort of trap door. Mostly you catch on to it because there's a uh, inset steel handle. Nice. Um, but obviously there's an issue uh, with the, this heavy rug that's sitting on the entire thing. Keep in mind, just as the picture shows, this rug is a good six to eight feet long. So Okay, um, then I'm going to look back to the doctor and to Miss Lane and tell them to help me with this rug. I scurry over and give her a hand. Okay, so the two of you are going to go out there and make short work of the rug, or are you going to stay back here and pull it into this room? I mean, the, the rug, are you going to pull it back into, the, into this back room to pull it off, oh, or... Um... Are you going to go out there and pull it to the side? How are you going to? If I can either, yeah, pull it into this room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Into the back room. I follow suit with whatever she decides. <laughs> usually a good idea, right? Actually, no, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Yeah, usually. You pull on the rug. As you pull on the rug and get it all the way into this room, uh, you can see from the curtain, which kind of moves a bit back and forth, you see that there is uh, absolutely some sort of trap door under this rug. Plain to see. Uh, so that are your actions. So, uh, yeah, he's going to take his action. Because Mr. Forsyth still has line of sight, um, you see that the shopkeeper has almost fled the scene. And it is now your action, sir. Mr. Forsyth. I'm busy worried about the guy with a knife in front of me. So I'm just letting you know. I'm going to I'm going to yell Jack, he's getting away while I punch this guy again. Attempt to punch this guy. Okay. <sighs> ah, so irritating. Now remember you can't push, but you can spend luck. Uh, oh, okay. Uh yeah, this'll be worth the three luck. <laughs> okay. So uh, he is going to dodge or attempt to. Uh, so, yeah, you uh, you cock back and uh, you wallop him. So go ahead and roll damage with your brass knuckles. Four. Okay. Uh, Unlucky. Yeah. You punch him directly in the face. And you can feel that those brass knuckles not only connected, but probably broke his jaw. Mr. Doyle. I will run after the old man. Run. Hmm. 
All right, well, Jack's movement is nine, so he's pretty fast. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. How far are you going? As far as I have to get to get to him. Six, seven, are you going to tackle him? Yes. Okay, it's a fighting brawl roll. You, you run as fast as you can. Oh, shit. Well, so... <laughs> A 97 is obviously not a great thing, but uh, you rush out of the shop and run through the courtyard and leap to catch him. Uh, and when you do, his sandal slips from your grasp and his heel comes back up and it hits you in the face and deals you a point of damage as his heel connects with your nose bone. So take a point of damage, and then you are lying on the floor of the alley for the moment. So, Miss Lane, uh, you saw Mr. Doyle run from the shop. Uh, you have seen the two folks in front of you, the the doctor and Miss O'Shea, pull the rug out from under the retail stand. And now you can see, kind of from where you're at, what they're talking about. There is something there. Have they opened it up yet? No, they have not had a chance to open it up yet, but they definitely have discovered that there is a secret door in the floor. Can I saunter on over and open it on up? I mean, you can. Or, well, hang on. You can attempt to. Can I chase after the old man as well? You can chase after the old man? I don't think I'm going to make it as far as Jack did, though. Uh, your movement's nine, so you can you can get there. Yeah, you basically have to leap leap over Jack to get there. That's fine. Which isn't out of out of the question. I'm pretty fit. I've heard that. <laughs> what am I rolling for that? Uh, for you, it'd be fighting brawl to tackle him. And I'm not sure how much fighting brawl you have, but we can look. But yeah, twenty five. You got a a puncher's chance. Watch me roll a hundred. Watch me. You might. <laughs> oh, sweet. All right, a 20 out of 25. You hustle all the way out the shop. You put your legs to work. And as you hustle out of the shop, you land uh, finally and completely uh, right on top of uh, the shopkeeper. Um, so you're going to deal a, a point of unarmed damage provided he does not. Uh, get out of the way. And he does not. That is not going to help. That's not going to work. I do think um, I deal one damage to him. Yes, you do a point of damage to him. But moreover, uh, you land on top of him. And you make it so that way he cannot immediately flee the scene. Fantastic. He will have to at least spend part of his action next round getting back to his feet. And this is a guy that moves with a cane. So, Miss O'Shea on um, 65, what are you uh, doing now that you've revealed this spot? I'm going to try and lift the t- trap door. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, you go to the metal inset handle. And when you go to the metal inset handle, you pull it up and you see that there is a padlock on it. <gasps> he has the key around his neck on a leather thong. Um, so, Doctor, it's your action. I approach. Uh, is the guy that Forsyth is fighting, is he still up and ambulatory? Oh, yeah. I approach him and hit him with the head of my cane. <laughs> That's fair. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead and make a attack roll, and I will make a fighting back roll, because he has a knife. And he is going to try to fight back. Boom. Um... Okay, so you rolled a two. Nice. I rolled a four. <laughs> so you win uh, in this case, but that's a pretty close roll. Um, so that's going to, it's not going to impale because it's a bludgeoning weapon, but go ahead and roll the uh, cane damage like a club. Does the doctor Boom. have a damage bonus at all? Not at all. He's tiny. Okay. So you deal him six points of damage uh, over and above the previous damage he had so 
uh, he falls over and collapses onto the floor. And at this point, we are almost out of rounds. So, Mr. Forsyth, what's your actions? You and then Jack. Is the man there conscious or, or, or I mean, is he unconscious or is he dead? He appears unconscious. Um, you can tell that he's definitely still breathing. I tell Forsyth he has a key on him. He has a, he has a key around his on a leather thong. Can I yell that loud enough for them to hear? I mean, you can yell it. I do so. Uh, when I hear that, and we'll start heading out the door. Okay. You begin heading out the door? I get out the door. I see Miss Lane in a heap on top of this guy. Yep, looks like it. Uh, he's trying to get back up right now. Uh, n- no, he's not. <laughs> going to sit on him? Yeah. We're going, okay. to, we're going to. I, I'm quite a bit larger than Miss Lane. <laughs> I would say so, yes. You're, an, off, you're an, like an offensive lineman. And uh, I assume that uh, I'll have some sort of advantage because he is on the ground. Yeah, so what, what's uh, your plan? Is just to try to keep him on the ground or... Tackle him again. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a, it's a fighting brawl roll. Um, and you would be advantaged on that roll, so it would be two different rolls take the lowest. Right. That's the better one. <laughs> That's 21 sure. better than 97. Um, yes. So you don't so much like press him out of the ground as uh, with your hands, you're able to simply just put enough pressure on his back with your boot if you're so inclined. Uh, that he's unable to shake free. I wouldn't move if I were you. Okay, Mr. Doyle, your action? Um, well, uh, looks like these two have it. Why don't we uh, drag him back inside? Okay. <laughs> Pretty easy to do if that's the, the aim of the group. Yep. Frog barge him in. Okay. Miss Lane, you, you dust yourself off a little bit, but uh, you feel pretty proud of yourself. Yeah, I was able to do something a man wasn't able to do. Of course. That's right. And I didn't even have to use a gun. All right. So the collected scene is uh, pulled back into the storefront and uh, minus the uh, broken shelves and shattered equipment and quite frankly, shattered lives. uh, The investigators are surrounding the shopkeeper at this point. I want the key. I mean, you can I just see take it. the key off his neck. Yeah, you can see it on his neck. Uh, he, the shopkeeper, looks fairly beaten, um, having been tackled, and then you know, brutalized by having some oaf put his foot on his on his back of his neck. With the key, I want to unlock the door so we can go downstairs. Okay, you unlock the lock. Are you going to open the trapdoor? Yes. Uh, light pours into a long carved stone staircase. Carved staircase? Oof. Yep. It seems to go down a little ways. Would it be possible to make an engineering roll? Sure. Uh, what were you attempting to discern? Tell me that first. You say carved staircase. Yeah. I know a bit about the architecture of places like this. They don't make places like this, especially in this neighborhood, with this kind of fancy architecture. How long has this been here? Um, Does this predate the uh, actual building? No, what you're looking at, like as far as the stair- stairs go, is it appears that the stairs here have had some work done to them. The thing is, it's like the, the stairs aren't exactly wide either. It's barely wide enough for one person to go down at a time. And these stairs are well, steep I mean, too. So that's yeah, one Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the style of the time though. Yeah, that's one thing um, that your eye would catch absolutely is that these stairs are steep. And so it's a good six meters or so down. Uh, and they seem to end uh, at a looks to be a corridor. You don't have a ton of light. Uh, it's not really lit down there, so. No. Well, I'm going to fish out my flashlight from my bag. Mm-hmm. 
around the grossness that is in it. So it'll probably take me a minute. And then I'm going to head down the stairs. Okay. You begin to head down the stairs. The shopkeeper, he gives you a bit of a, a chuckle as you begin heading down the stairs. Go and see. Go and see. That is my intention. Is uh, anyone else planning on accompanying her? Oh, yeah. Yep. Jack, do you want to stay up here and we'll interrogate this person? Yeah. Okay, so, Mr. Forsyth, are you staying upstairs with him yep. for interrogation? Yep. Interrogation and, and restraint. Make sure he doesn't make another run for the door. Now, yeah, the, the door, which is still broke open. Yeah, I will uh, shut the door and prop something in front of it to hold it up. Okay. Miss Lane, what are you uh, planning on doing? I'd like to go downstairs as well. Go into the depths. She hasn't been around long enough to know not to follow me into these creepy places. Uh, Miss, Miss Lane has her own history with the creepy places. Look, I haven't seen anything creepy the entire time we've been playing this game, so, I mean... We'll bring something back for you, don't worry. I, I'll make <laughs> sure not to look at it. <laughs> so, you head down this long stairway. It goes down about 20 feet at a very sharp, sharp angle. It ends in a corridor about 10 feet long or so, uh, and then in turn stops at what looks to be a fairly stout door. All the walls, the ceiling, and the floor of this corridor are all stone. The ceiling's about eight feet or so above the floor. Are there any carvings on the door? There are not carvings on the door. There are symbols cut into the stone slabs. Are they symbols like ones we've already encountered or different ones? They are not symbols that you've encountered before but they are symbols that you could make. If you did a little bit of, uh, took a little time into a little bit of research, uh, or at least examine them for a bit, you might be able to discern what they are. With a cult? Actually, it's anthropology. Ah, oh, Jesus. What's your okay. favorite skill? Nope. Uh, yeah, you're not really sure after a few minutes where they come from, per se but you're fairly certain that they don't come from any of the occultic texts that you've had your, your eyes in recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I will open the door. You open the door. So this door, quite frankly, it's uh, pretty thick. It's reinforced with iron. Um, the door actually has markings, which you're not certain what they are. They don't kind of lean up. They don't line up with any of the, the uh, texts that you've seen recently either. There's a stone floor in this next room. The hinges on the doors creak quite a bit when you move them. Uh, you see a high ceiling in this next room. It's roughly about 15 feet or so. It's also fairly dark. It's going to be one at a time in here. So, Shay, as you are, I assume, kind of casting your torch around the area, <laughs> trying to get a better view of the place. You see torches in wall niches, but they are still snuffed. Well, I don't have matches or anything. But Sigmund, I think, smokes a pipe, so he might have something. Um, it looks like in the far corner, there are... Maybe some crates, boxes. Um, you see, at one end of the room, there seems to be some sort of uh, mechanical contraption, like a winch. And then there seems to be this section of the floor over here. It's a row of stones. And that row of stones uh, is a circle. And there seems to be a big, big stone on top of it. Like a, a slab, like a circular slab that has you know, sealed it. Well, I know enough that I do not want to unseal that. Probably. I do want to look at the crates, though. Okay. Doctor, you walk into that same room and begin seeing some of the previously described items. I'm going to use my 
lighter to try and light one of these. You said there were torches. Yeah, they're 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 in wall niches around. In the wall niches, I'm gonna light the nearest one. Yeah, I light a couple of them. Get some light in here. Okay, you light the nearest one. It gets a little bit brighter in here. Um, you have a better view of uh, the stone, the circular stone area. You see that uh, all the surfaces here are dressed stone. You also see that there seems to be some sort of obscure uh, symbols that have been carved into some of the stones in this circle. And then you finally see, as the room gains a little bit more light, that there's a curtain on the far end over here. It's a curtain that separates part of the wall. I'm going to head towards that curtain and light a torch near it. Me too. So you, so you see him light up the room. You see the curtain for the first time. And you're going to disregard the boxes for the moment. Uh, Miss mm-hmm. Lane, what are you doing? Can I use my occult skill to see what the... See if I know what the symbols are or what language they are? You cannot use occult. But you could draw on another form of knowledge you have. And that would be your knowledge of the Cthulhu Mythos. The Cthulhu Mythos one. Yeah. Let's give her to go. Oh, I have that too. You do. And that'll be a hard no. 23 (laughs) out of 8. So, it's not a rule you can push, per se. You begin looking at the stones and seeing symbols and harkening back to maybe they were patterns you saw underneath Miskatonic University. You, you can't remember if maybe some of the foul creatures that were under there were had carved some of these same symbols and meanings, but the just the sight of them gives you a bit of a shudder. Do I see the symbols now? Um, you see, as you guys are going over to the curtain, you see that Miss Lane has stopped at these stones uh, around the pit, and you begin to see some very strange etchings in them. Are they like the ones that were outside, or...? You'd have... No, no, absolutely not. These are totally okay. different. Okay. You'd have to Do you want me to roll my mythos to see if I know. And if you want to go over and examine them, you can. Yeah. We'll take a quick second, second before we dive behind the curtain. That is also a hard no. Yep, don't know. Yeah, that's, uh, it's strange. But you can't seem to place it. Back upstairs, the shop owner has... How do you... Are you settling him back onto his chair? Or are you putting him in uh, just laying him on the floor, or he's not unconscious, obviously, but he's not in the position to fight you. I'll so, put him in a chair. Okay. <laughs> we'll not be gentle about it either. Okay, that's fair. Uh, he winces a little bit, having uh, took uh, a little, a little bit of a scuff from Miss Lane, and uh, and then also, obviously, you, Mister Forsyth. He tries to adjust to his uh, difficult position and. His eyes seem to kind of dart back and forth along the front windows and the, the doorway of the Juju house as if he's looking for something. No one's coming to rescue you. Now you can tell me about the cult of the bloody tongue. Uh, I'll tell you about it. Why don't you, why don't you go see for yourself? You don't need me to tell you what. I casually backhand him. <laughs> you will talk. So. Why'd you kill uh, Jackson Elias? Your pitiful author friend was nothing but trouble. He kept opening his mouth about things he has no right to speak of. And now he dines with our master, just like you will. What's the point of the killings? Other ones with the, uh, a couple years ago with the carvings all over their heads? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I hit him again. 
Okay. You're free to make an intimidate roll if you'd like. Yeah. That's uh, 21 under 24. He reacts a little bit differently than um, than he did the first time. He says something to you in a strange tongue. Uh, and you're not familiar with the language that he's speaking. He kind of continues to speak in it for a good five, ten seconds. I, uh, go over to, uh, his associate with the, with the knife. And I pick up the knife. I go back over and I say, it's a shame that you broke into your shop and murdered you. Okay. It's a pretty heavy, it's like a machete. Yeah. Okay. So what's your plan? Either tell me what I want to know or I will kill you right now. And you can dine with your master. Uh, he... He cackles. And you see his rather spotted gray tongue kind of slide out from between a set of, you know, saliva-covered gums. He begins chanting something in a strange tongue. I stab him. I've seen this before. Okay, so it's a fighting brawl roll. Wow. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh my god. Do I have advantage, by the way, because he's sitting in a chair? Yeah, I, I, I'd say you have advantage because he's not interested in ducking or moving. Do I have advantage of the man that's currently attached to a chair? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's a uh, 15 under 55 okay is the correct skill there yep uh, so go ahead and roll 1d8 plus your damage bonus uh 5 okay you cut him pretty well he cries out in pain and blood spills onto the retail counter and down the glass. It's an effective chopping weapon. There's no doubt that Panga is made to kill. Unfortunately, the shopkeeper is still alive. Uh, and it's at this point you realize that one strike is not going to do it. I don't much care. This man killed Jackson Elias and laughed about it. Well, it, I, If you're going to continue, you can just... Yeah. We don't need to roll damage. We'll just say that you finished the job. Yep. Let's purchase that as but long it, as possible. <laughs> it, it is a fairly brutal end for him. There is no yep. clean way to do that. Nope. As the shopkeeper's body falls to the floor, and with the, the panga still in your hand, you get the sense that life suddenly has altered for you in innumerable amount of ways. And while you feel justified that you've resolved some brutal end that your friend came to, a piece of yourself is Yeah, still... I've done a really, really unchristian thing. <laughs> well, it's what it is really is it's the reflection you see in that the sheen of the blade of the panga. It's your eyes, but it's his blood. And that's when you'll roll sand. I actually made that. <laughs> you did, but it's still going to cost you. Yep. There's no way around that. No, not really. So you take a point of sanity loss. Okay. I'll leave you upstairs for the for the moment. Mr. Mr. Doyle, you see all that <laughs> uh, go down in front of you, but I'm not sure how you feel about it, I guess. Hey. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it either. <laughs> Think on that. Down in the basement, Doctor, you get to the curtain. The curtain itself is fairly thick. I pull the curtain aside. You pull the curtain aside. There is a space here beyond the curtain. Deep within this space, uh, although it's not terribly deep, 
you see a multitude of things. A chest, a sort of African teak wood chest. You see what look like the, the front paws of a lion, a pair of them, uh, sitting on the, the top of it. Almost looks like they're been taxidermy. And there are immediate items that draw your attention in because they're big and massive. Uh, I mean, if you've ever seen the, the full-grown lion in person, a male lion, they're, they're pretty big. There are four humanoid figures that sit in this back area. And there is no light here except for the, the close-by torchlight. And the figures here are dark-skinned and have long, kind of sweeping African hair. On their bodies, there are an innumerable amount of cuts that have been sewed together and stitched together. And the stitches have created symbols and pictograms across their body. And with the pull aside of the curtain, a fresh scent comes to your nostrils. And it is unequivocally a scent you've smelled before. And that scent is the grave. Even as you take in the smell, your ears take in the sound of deep, guttural growls from the figures. As their dead eyes open and their bodies surge towards you. That is where we'll call it for the evening. Poopy. <laughs> no, I think it's great. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you found the basement. I was, I can't wait. Um, okay, so that's what we'll call it for this week's session. And we'll gather back again soon enough to see what befalls the investigators here caught in the... Uh, the troubles of the basement of the Juju house. I appreciate all of you listening. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all real soon. We appreciate uh, you sticking with us uh, through the audio changes. And we hope you back to the regular old ways podcast. Studio relatively soon. So have a good night, everyone.